someone? It works great. Thanks, thanks for that, Katie, for the wonderful Bible reading. Hi, guys. My name's Warren Weatherhead. Um, if I haven't met you before, um, I normally go to the 10.30 English service, so I don't normally come to the 6.30 service, but I've been given the privilege tonight of giving you my first um, sermon and talk. A little about myself, for those who may not know me. I've been married to my beautiful wife, Janola, now for almost eight years. We got married um, in this very church back in 2005. And we have a little girl, Naomi, who's six and a half months old. Uh, she's currently having her first sleepover at a grandparent's house, who I think are much more excited about the idea than she is. Uh, my background is in mechanical engineering. Uh, I spent 10 years working in a glass bottle factory uh, and a mining consultancy, but I've actually spent the last year and a half um, at Queensland Theological College doing a master's degree uh, with Joshua Tan and Brendan Cotton. Go, Brendan. <laughs> Back to me. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> but, before, but before we do that, guys, let's first start in prayer. Father, as we now open the Bible to read and study it, we pray that you will meet with us and reveal yourself to us through your holy word tonight. May our minds be open to understand more about your saving grace, and may our hearts be changed to become more Christ-like. And please help me to preach your word humbly and faithfully as I share this passage with everyone tonight. Amen. All right, the story of Zacchaeus. Now, it's a, it's a Sunday school favourite, but we'll look at it again tonight as adults. Um, so how does the story start? Well, it starts off in verse 1 with Jesus walking through Jericho. Earlier in chapter 9, verse 51, um, Luke tells us that as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. So what has been happening in Luke since the end of chapter 9 is that the book has been showing us Jesus as he travels towards Jerusalem for the last time, which ultimately ends with his death and resurrection. So now as we reach chapter 19... Jesus has reached the town of Jericho, which is only about 25 kilometres or one day's walk from Jerusalem. Later in chapter 19, Jesus is going to triumphantly enter Jerusalem on the back of a colt. But right now, Jesus is probably looking for a place to stay for the night before he continues his journey in the morning. The next verse, verse 2, we introduced to Zacchaeus. It tells us that he is a chief tax collector and he is very wealthy. Now, Jews do not like tax collectors. Even though tax collectors like Zacchaeus were themselves Jews, because they collected taxes for the Romans who were occupying their land, the land that the God had given to their forefathers and in their minds was still rightfully theirs, they were not big fans of people who actually helped the Romans, especially when they were the chief tax collector. And to make it worse, because these tax collectors associated with Gentiles, as in the Romans, they were ritually unclean according to their Jewish law. Now, it's usually assumed that tax collectors were rich because of their job. But Luke, makes, but Luke makes a point by reinforcing this, by mentioning that Luke is actually, that Zacchaeus is quite wealthy. In the next verse, in verse 3, we hear that Zacchaeus has an interest in Jesus and wants to see who he is. Maybe he's heard about some of Jesus' miracles that he's been doing or his wise teachings. We don't know for sure, but we do know that Zacchaeus wants to discover more about Jesus. We also find out Zacchaeus is actually physically short and the crowd who don't like him one bit use this against him by blocking him out so we can't see Jesus as he walks past. Now, there is some irony here. Normally people with lots of money are well-liked, they're respected and people want to be around them, even if it's just to sponge some money off them. But that doesn't seem to have any effect in this case. In this case. 
the crowd really does not like Zacchaeus and they are not afraid to show it with their actions against him. But now Zacchaeus is not going to let this stop him. He instead runs ahead of the crowd and he climbs a sycamore tree so that he will have a good view when Jesus does walk past. Now, culturally, this is not something that is done by respectable people. Middle Eastern men do not run and they definitely do not climb trees. Running and climbing brings public shame on a person. So this just shows how much Zacchaeus actually wants to see Jesus and he doesn't care what other people think in the process. Then we see Jesus, he's wandering down the road and he looks up and sees Zacchaeus sitting in the tree and he calls out to him by name. And what's interesting is how Jesus actually talks to Zacchaeus. He could have asked Zacchaeus a question like, hey Zacchaeus, can I stay at your house tonight? But instead he actually gives Zacchaeus a command, come down, I must, I must stay at your house today. So why is Jesus so forceful? When he talks to Zacchaeus, if we keep reading, hopefully we'll find out the answer. Now Zacchaeus is excited that Jesus, actually, Jesus is actually talking to him. He doesn't have to be told twice and he races down from the tree and he takes Jesus back to his house and he's full of joy and excitement. Zacchaeus is excited because someone is finally accepting him and is not rejecting him like the rest of the crowd does. This description of Zacchaeus' behaviour is actually similar to the story of the lost sheep back in chapter 15. Now in the lost sheep parable, it is told from the viewpoint of the shepherd who is finding his lost sheep and he rejoices with his friends and his neighbours. But the Zacchaeus story is actually told from the viewpoint of the lost sheep himself that has been found. So does the crowd share in Zacchaeus' excitement? No, not one bit. In the next verse, in verse 7, it tells us that the crowd's reaction, um, they grumbled and they complained. Jesus has gone to the house of a sinner. Doesn't he know what this will do for his reputation? The crowd is not pleased that Jesus is reaching out to a sinner. In their eyes, to go and stay with a sinner is the same thing as sharing in that sinner's sin. Jesus is running the risk of ruining his reputation. But this is not the first time that Jesus has hung out with sinners and unclean people. Earlier in Luke, he made a leper clean. He also raised a dead person to life. The blind were made to see and sinners were forgiven. And the interesting thing is that in all these encounters, instead of Jesus being tainted by the sinner, Jesus healed the sinner of their sin and made them clean. This is probably not the conclusion that the crowds were expecting and this crowd doesn't seem to have figured it out either. And they still think that Jesus shouldn't be staying with Zacchaeus. The scene now changes from the crowd back to Zacchaeus, where we see him standing up to give a speech. What he says next is amazing for a couple of reasons. He first promises to give half his wealth to the poor. There is no Old Testament requirement to give that much money to the poor. In Deuteronomy it says that every three years the tithes are being collected and stored so that the Levites and the needy can access them. But it doesn't demand that people tithe 50% of their wealth. Next, Zacchaeus says that if he has cheated anyone, he will repay them four times the original amount. Again, this is well and truly above what the Old Testament demands. Leviticus says that if anyone cheats another person, they must pay back the original amount plus 20%. Zacchaeus is offering to go much, much further and return the original amount plus 300%. What Zacchaeus is doing goes far beyond what the Old Testament law demands and he has added an extra grace component from his heart. 
Something has happened to Zacchaeus that has changed his attitudes and his behaviours. Verse 9 shows Jesus replying to Zacchaeus. Jesus says, Salvation has come to this house today. At the start of the story, Zacchaeus started off with an interest in Jesus. Now, after meeting Jesus, his life has dramatically changed. His seeking after Jesus has resulted in his salvation. While Zacchaeus' faith is not mentioned specifically in these verses, his speech about giving away his wealth is actually strong evidence of a changed heart and a new faith that has been put into action. Zacchaeus had not done anything to justify Jesus approaching him and offering him salvation. This actually highlights the biblical truth that God comes to us when we are actually without merit and have no ability to please God and actually earn our own salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says it this way, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from ourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. Jesus started the conversation with Zacchaeus, not the other way around. All Zacchaeus did was put, was put his faith in Jesus on that very same day. It's also interesting to note what Jesus says, that he says, salvation only comes to this house, which implies that the crowd outside is not sharing in Zacchaeus' salvation. Sure, the crowd also went out to see Jesus like Zacchaeus did, but they didn't rejoice when Jesus went back to Zacchaeus' house. Instead, they grumbled. They didn't agree with Jesus reaching out to sinners and the social outcasts. Their hearts have not changed after meeting Jesus. Second, Jesus declares that Zacchaeus is a true son of Abraham. Even though Zacchaeus works for the Romans and is considered a sinner and an outcast by the crowd, he is actually still a Jew by birth and therefore he is actually still eligible for the promises of salvation that is given to all Jews in the Old Testament. The crowd has actually redefined the promise to try and exclude certain people that they consider unworthy of salvation. You see it in how they complain about Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house. But Jesus has not forgotten that promise and reminds the crowd of that promise that is made to all Jews. And then finally in verse 10, Jesus makes a statement that in many ways actually sums up the whole book of Luke and, and the whole reason why he came to earth in the first place. Jesus came to seek and to save the ones who are in a state of lostness. Here we learn why Jesus commanded Zacchaeus back in verse 5 to come down from the tree, and why he must stay at his house. Jesus was there seeking out lost sinners like Zacchaeus, and he wants to save their soul. So like a good movie plot, we only discover the reason at the end of the movie why Jesus is giving so much attention to Zacchaeus. The whole reason that Jesus came was to seek and to save the lost, and now that we know that, if we go back and review some of the behaviours and attitudes of Zacchaeus and the crowd, we might notice some extra things. Whether Zacchaeus knew it or not, his behaviour is actually similar to a person lost in the bush. When someone's lost in the bush and they can hear planes flying overhead looking for them, they don't stay hidden under cover when no one can see them. Instead, they actually make every effort to reach a place where they can see the plane and the plane can see them. Zacchaeus was behaving like a person that was lost and actually wanted to be found. Secondly, the crowd's behaviour is actually hindering the lost being found. They actively stop Zacchaeus from being seen by Jesus. And while acknowledging that Zacchaeus is lost by calling him a sinner, they refuse to help save him. That would be like a rescue party knowing that someone is lost but refusing to help look for them because they don't agree 
or because they don't like the lost person or they don't agree with their job. So what personal application can we take home from this passage tonight? I would like to suggest two points. The first is to those who, like Zacchaeus at the beginning of the story, don't actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. And the second is to those who do have a relationship with Jesus. Firstly, to those without the personal relationship. It's actually now about 2,000 years since Zacchaeus personally met Jesus. So it's no longer possible for people to meet Jesus like Zacchaeus did, since after his death and resurrection, Jesus ascended back to heaven, where he now sits at the right hand of God. So how do people today meet Jesus and begin a personal relationship with him? When Jesus was on earth, people found out about him by actually seeing what he did and listened to what he said. Or they heard about him from someone else who did see or hear him. But for us today, we actually have the next best thing. We have the words and actions of Jesus passed down to us in written form by some of those same eyewitnesses. Three of the four Gospels in the New Testament were written by some of Jesus' closest friends. So we can read them with confidence knowing that the events written down really did happen or were said by Jesus. We can have confidence, for example, that the story of Zacchaeus really did happen. So what does the Bible tell us about how we can have a personal relationship with Jesus? Well, let's use our Zacchaeus story as an analogy. We saw that Zacchaeus had an interest in finding out more about Jesus. So we went out to see who Jesus was. We can find out more about Jesus by reading the Bible. Zacchaeus was surprised to discover that Jesus also had an interest in him and not only knew him by name, but wanted to stay at his house when everyone else had rejected him. And today, even though he's in heaven, the Bible says that Jesus still has that same personal interest in each and every one of us. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, people like me and you. And while Zacchaeus joyfully accepted Jesus into his house and his heart, it was done at a cost. His faith in Jesus led to a transformed heart, a heart that realised that some of his past behaviours were now unacceptable. He made a public vow to change and make amends to all the people he had wronged. Likewise for us. When we accept Jesus into our lives, our hearts are also changed and we might realise that some of our past behaviours will need to change. We may not need to make a public declaration like Zacchaeus did, but we may need to change how we treat some people. Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus because he was lost and Zacchaeus' joyful response to Jesus led to a changed heart of forgiveness and transformation. And here tonight, Jesus is still seeking the lost. How you respond to that invitation is entirely up to you. Will you respond joyfully like Zacchaeus and accept Jesus into your life or will you ignore him and remain one of the lost? The second group I'd like to talk to are those who already have a personal relationship. To you, I'd like to offer a challenge tonight. We read the story of Zacchaeus and shake our heads at the behaviour of the crowd. Here was Zacchaeus actually interested in finding out who Jesus was and the crowd tries to take that decision away from him. They hinder rather than help. And even after Zacchaeus overcomes their barriers, when Jesus reaches out to Zacchaeus, they continue to grumble and complain because... What Jesus was doing was not acceptable in their society. Respectable people do not visit the house of sinners. The crowd made the assumption that Jesus should not be visiting Zacchaeus because of who he was. But in their rejection of Zacchaeus, they had no idea how God was actually changing Zacchaeus' heart and life. They did not know how God was working in Zacchaeus' heart 
so that when he finally met Jesus, he joyfully accepted him and put his faith in him, which led to a transformed heart and life. The challenge to you tonight is, do we ever prevent people from seeing Jesus because of who they are? Have you ever consciously or even unconsciously acted in a way to another person that might stop them from seeing Jesus? Do you each week at church only talk to the same circle of people and unconsciously exclude others from your conversations? For people new to our church, standing around at the end of the service with no one talking to them is as good as a crowd turning their backs and rejecting Zacchaeus. Have you ever consciously decided to not talk to someone, either here at church or elsewhere because of who they are or what they believe? If these different types of people walked into our church today, would you joyfully welcome them and help them find Jesus? Or would your initial thought be to ignore them, turn away and reject them? If a Pentecostal came along and they started speaking in tongues during the singing, what would you think? What would you do? If during a conversation after the service with, after the service with a new person, they start sharing some very interesting Christian views, do you try and finish a conversation and run away quickly? Or do you continue to try to build a relationship in the hope that they will keep coming back to Sunnybank and through the preaching and community might learn the real biblical truths? Or a couple walk in holding hands, obviously in love, and as they get closer you realise that, ooh, they're both guys. How do you treat them? And what about a person who claims to be a Christian, but they're also firmly believe in evolution? How do you, what do you say to them? The truth is, we don't know the reason why these people have walked through the front doors of our church. We don't know how God is working in their heart, drawing them closer to himself. But we have two choices of how we treat them. We can either prevent them from seeing Jesus, like the crowd, or we can join with Jesus in seeking to save the lost. Salvation came to Zacchaeus on the same day he met Jesus. So I'd like you to consider acting on these challenges today also. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, I would like to challenge you tonight to seriously consider beginning one. It is not something you have to wait for or it takes a long time to happen. Zacchaeus had an interest in learning more about Jesus and Jesus declared on that same day that Zacchaeus had found salvation. And today, so can you. So if you are like Zacchaeus and are seeking to know more about Jesus and want to have a personal relationship with him, then talk to someone tonight straight after the service. Find Pastor David, or maybe myself, and talk to them tonight about beginning a personal relationship, just like Zacchaeus did. To those already following Jesus, the challenge for you is to ask yourself if you have been behaving towards people in a way that could be hindering their walk with Jesus. If there are people at church you have never talked to, what is that reason? Is it because we are just clicky and outsiders find it hard to break into our circles? Or is it because we see some part of them that we do not like or agree with? And so we reject them by ignoring them. Well, today can be the day that you can also change. If there are behaviours or attitudes that you need to repent of, then before you leave here tonight, make sure that you spend time with God in prayer, asking for forgiveness and a change of heart. Let's close in prayer. Dear God, you are a God who hears our prayers. Words alone cannot express our thanks that Jesus came to this earth to seek and to save each of us when we were lost. To those yet to begin a personal relationship with Jesus, 
We pray that they will continue to investigate you in the Bible and they will accept the free gift of eternal salvation that you are offering to them today. To those who were once lost but have been found and when they accepted Jesus into their lives, we ask that, that they will be an encouragement to those around them, helping them to discover who Jesus is and supporting each other in their daily walk with Jesus and to not behave in ways that block others from coming to know Jesus personally. Please help all of us to be like Jesus in seeking to save the lost. We pray all this in the Son's most holy and precious name. Amen.